This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about the importance of the unimportant. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today we're going to talk about Groundhog Day. Ever since 1887, the people of Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, and other outsiders gather around Gobbler's Knob, which is right in the rural area of the town, for what is one of the weirdest rituals in American culture. This year's celebration went something like this. Welcome to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, our 134th trek. In just a few moments, we're going to get Phil out. Before we do that, I have to go through a little education. Something like a dozen men, all in top hats, gather around an old tree stump on a platform where thousands of people are pointing their smartphone at them, at which point each of the men take turns spewing some sort of nonsense. One of them talks about a cane that allows him to speak groundhog ease that is apparently the language of groundhogs. And then, at a certain point, the crowd starts chanting a name, Phil. What do we want, winter or spring? I don't know what's gonna happen here, but we'll wait and see. Okay. Phil is the name of the groundhog, a magical groundhog that has one particular skill. This groundhog is pulled out from the fake tree stump by his two handlers, and one of them will hoist up the rodent in the air as the poor woodchuck looks up confused. The poor groundhog is just staring, chewing nothing, as people wait for him to show off his skill. So do I hope you think it's neighborly, for there is no shadow of me. Spring, it'll be early, it's a certainty. It's early spring, ladies and gentlemen. And the people explode and cheer, and the woodchuck is hoisted up once again. What a weird thing. first time I heard of Groundhog Day, I really thought it was made up. Up until fifth grade, I just never heard of it. To me and everyone I knew, February 2nd was about tamales. And more specifically, whoever had found the baby in the Rosca back on January 6th had to have everyone over and feed them tamales. But I had never heard anything about groundhogs being related to that date. In fifth grade, however, I got pulled out of the bilingual education program of my elementary school and put in an English-only program. And my class was putting up a play based on the premise that the month of February was on trial. What crime had February committed? That of being too short. So the month is the defendant, and all the things that happen in February are the witnesses speaking in favor of the defendant. I played a groundhog. The groundhog. Presumably Punxsutawney Phil, the same poor woodchuck that got hoisted up by the guys in top hats. My costume, though, wasn't at all involved. I didn't even look like a groundhog. It was literally just a brown turtleneck and like corduroy pants. I didn't even wear makeup or anything like that. In the play, I would say that without February, I wouldn't be able to tell people when winter ends and spring begins. And as such, February is essential to the time-space continuum itself. Maybe it wasn't exactly that, but I don't remember 
what my logic was, but I do remember saying I needed to be able to tell people when winter ended and spring begun, and that could only happen in February. I also remember that Valentine's Day was another one of the witnesses, and I also distinctly remember that Black History Month was not even mentioned once. Anyway, after the play ended, I asked my teacher, Mrs. Lawson, if she celebrated Groundhog Day, because like I said, I'd never heard it before. I thought it was a white thing when I heard about it. She's white, so I was like, do you celebrate it? And she said something like, what do you mean? Everyone knows about Groundhog Day, but we don't really celebrate it. And that's kind of the point of Groundhog Day, right? People know about it, people pretend it's a thing, and it somehow becomes one. And it's become a big enough thing that thousands of people gather in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania to watch men in top hats scream at and hoist a groundhog up in the air, but no one really believes in it or celebrates it. The day itself, Groundhog Day, can be traced back to the Pennsylvania Dutch, which had a celebration marking the day of Candlemas, or in Spanish known as the Dia de la Candelaria. The original celebration was called Badger Day. During Badger Day, if a badger emerging from hibernation found it to be a sunny day casting a shadow, winter would be four weeks longer. If not, winter would end in four weeks, right? Sound familiar? Candlemas itself is a Catholic festival commemorating the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Now, the link to weather-predicting animals comes from a pagan holiday named Imbolc, which conveniently falls on the same day as a Catholic holiday. Anyway, when the German immigrants moved to Pennsylvania, becoming the Pennsylvania Dutch, they changed the badger to a groundhog, and instead of four weeks, the time that winter could or couldn't fluctuate was six weeks. The first American mentions of Groundhog Day happened at some point in the 1840s, but the Punxsutawney celebration that we heard at the beginning has been happening since 1886, about 46 years later. In fact, the Elks Lodge of Punxsutawney thought that Groundhog Day could be a good avenue to promote groundhogs as game animals for food, and in fact had started serving groundhogs as food in their lodge. They proposed a groundhog picnic in addition to Groundhog Day where they could serve and get people used to groundhog during a groundhog feast. Obviously, and perhaps maybe sadly, the idea of groundhogs as a food didn't really take off, but the celebrations for Groundhog Day itself, along with the whole weather prediction aspect of it, did. The modern Groundhog Day celebration is a lot more involved than eating groundhogs. <laughs> First of all, and obviously, the groundhog has a name, Punxsutawney Phil. Every year, the town comes together and has a festival filled with food and music, and around three times the population of the town comes in from outside to witness the event. The men in top hats I mentioned before who are in charge of running the ritual are called the Inner Circle. They are the keepers of Punxsutawney Phil, who has been gifted this burden of determining when winter ends. These select men can communicate with Phil in groundhog ease and ask him whether or not he's seen the shadow. And what enables them to communicate with the groundhog is that old wooden cane that the president has had since the 1800s. According to the legend, there's only been one Punxsutawney Phil who has lived so long because of his groundhog punch that is fed to him in another less popular ceremony that happens in the fall, the Groundhog Picnic, which is a descendant of the Elks Lodge original Groundhog Picnic. However, in this new modern version of it, there's no consuming of groundhogs as food. 
In reality, though, groundhogs live only six years. And also, they can't predict the weather. And also, the inner circle, which is those men in the top hats, scripts the Groundhog Day ceremonies in advance. They themselves deciding beforehand whether Phil will or will not see his shadow. It's all an elaborate ruse. It's a collective suspension of belief. A kayfabe or work, to use a wrestling term. Punxsutawney Phil is the greatest wrestler of all time, is what I meant to say. <laughs> now, actually, it's more like the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus, except this is a rodent. But nothing about the celebration of Groundhog Day is materialistic, which is a good thing. So maybe one town gets tourists, but it's not like we all get money out of the thing or we have to go spend money needlessly. And I believe it's popular not just because we can't help but wonder about the future, but because winter sucks. Yeah, it's fine early on, but you can only take so much of a cold, bitter wind smacking you in the face every time you go outside. Snow is fun also until you have to deal with it for more than a week. And we all just want to know when will it end. In that sense, maybe Groundhog Day and El Dia de la Candelaria aren't that different at all. If you grew up in a border Mexican family like I did, chances are starting around Christmas you ate tamales at least once a day, every day, well into the new year. By the time Dia de los Reyes on January 6th rolled around, you were done with tamales. However, on the 2nd of February, we all eat them again. And then that's it for the remainder of the year. Tamales after this point are not common, and they're not forced upon you again until it's cold again. And sure, it's cold after February 2nd because winter is still going on, but it's not really winter if there's no tamales. This marks the end of that season. Groundhog Day kind of serves as that, I guess. It's the downhill part of winter. We made it through January, and it's all downhill from here. That fictional six weeks will go by quicker. It's like when you were in class and would start counting down the minutes for it to let out after like halfway through the class, right? The poor rodent, that poor rodent being held up by a dude in a top hat symbolizes that we made it through the beginning of the year, the end of the last one, and we're just getting our rhythm now. Just six more weeks and we'll be okay. It'll be sunny and warm again. And that's a good feeling. And that's why I think so many people are aware of Groundhog Day. Because we're all looking for that feeling of, it's gonna get better soon. So hold on to that too. Let that rodent be a reminder that we're almost through winter. You made it through January as long as it felt. And we're gonna be fine. So I'm grateful that I learned about Groundhog Day early on, even if it really holds no meaning. I do hope Miss Lawson added Black History Month to her February courtroom drama play in later years, though. If you have any suggestions for a show, something that you would like to hear, Email us at theirrelevantpublication at gmail.com or me at rod at theirrelevant.org or Instagram at irrelevantpodcast. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you're curious about what he predicted this year, he predicted that we will have spring sooner. So a short winter. Hopefully it happens. 
Thanks for listening once again. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.